0: Hello, my name is Tom Boone.
1: And I'm Joanna Bailey.
0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week.
1: Coming up today, Tom will touch on this weekend's tragic loss of a Boeing 737-500 in Indonesia, and I'll look at the results of the end of the Qatar blockade.
0: I'll have a look at just how many aircraft Airbus delivered this year before Joe tells us how you could buy a six-hour flight for just 27 US cent.
1: Finally, Tom will take a look at how British Airways has changed its Euro-traveller experience for the better.
0: So, now you know what's in store, uh, let's get on with the show. And I mean, I wanted to um, start this week, um, but sadly, we've got to start this week's episode talking about the tragic Boeing 737-500 crash in Indonesia. The flight affected was a Sriwijara Airlines flight departing from the Indonesian capital, Jakarta, on Saturday. Um, So, I'm not going to speculate on what might have happened. After all, that's the job of the airline investigators. And if you really want uh, to read speculations, I just hop on Twitter. Um, There's plenty
1: of it there. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, What we do know is that for some reason, the aircraft plummeted out of the sky, losing over um, 10,000 feet in under a minute, which is pretty... Pretty drastic. Um, the yeah. site of the crash was actually fairly similar uh, to where the Lion Air Boeing seven three seven Max went down just over two years ago. It should be noticed, noted, however, that this weekend's incident didn't involve the seven three seven Max, but rather a classic seven three seven, the Dash five hundred.
1: Thank goodness.
0: Yeah, I mean. Well, it, not thank
1: goodness, because it's absolutely yeah. tragic, you know, regardless yeah. of the aircraft. But it was surprising the number of people who jumped all over Boeing instantly when the news yeah. hit the headlines. So uh, yeah. for Boeing, thank goodness it wasn't a seven three seven max, but it's an absolute tragedy, and and only a week into the year as well.
0: Exactly. So flight SJ one eight two was bound for Pontinac Supardia International Airport, and. Like always, I've probably really butchered these names, so I'm going to apologise because it is a really serious subject. Uh, the flight was being operated by an aircraft registered as Papa Kilo Charlie Lima Charlie, and this is an aircraft that's 26.7 years old, according to Planespotters.net. It took its first flight in Renton on May 13th, 1994, so it's even older than me.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: the, yeah. <laughs> The airline was delivered to Continental Airlines as November 27610 later that month, with Continental fitting wingtips to it in 2008. In October 2010, it was then transferred to United Airlines as part of the merger, and it was delivered to its current owners on May 15th, 2012. So Yesterday, it was confirmed that investigators had retrieved both the flight data recorder and the cockpit voice recorder from the wreckage. These are commonly known as black boxes, despite being bright orange, and we all know that um, they're bright colour to aid identification, because it's a lot easier to see a bright orange thing on the bottom of a seabed than um, something that would be black. So, as such, the investigation um, into what happened will now be underway as investigators seek to find out what caused flight SJ-182 to crash into the ocean. Uh, At Simple Flying, we'll stay with the story as it develops over on our website and in future podcast episodes. But in the meantime, our thoughts are with those affected by the tragedy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our thoughts go out to the families of everyone affected. And uh, hopefully there will be a resolution to this investigation that will put everyone's mind at rest. But in slightly better news, um, last week we got news that the Gulf Corporation Council Summit was going to feature something very special. And that was the end of the three-year blockade on Qatar so, it was back in June 2017 when Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Bahrain and Egypt um, accused Qatar of supporting terrorism and becoming too close to Iran. Um, and the result of this was the severance of diplomatic ties and, as I say, the restriction of land and sea movements. And this means Qatar Airways has been forced to take long diversions in order to reach Doha from pretty much everywhere on the globe. Um, you know, if you, if you look back at flight tracking software, you can see they've been forced to fly out of their way to avoid this blockade, which obviously adds to fuel costs and unnecessary CO2 emissions. So, uh, uh, on an average, the flight times were extended anywhere between 10 minutes to a full hour as a result of the blockade. Um, And the extra fuel burn, while it it might not sound like much, it likely cost Qatar several thousand dollars every single flight. So, now... Obviously, it can fly shorter routes, which is great. There's more direct flights with um, the use of Saudi Arabian airspace, which is enormous. Um, So those flight times will be reduced, fuel burn would be reduced, but most excitingly, new routes are going to be possible as well. So at the moment, if you wanted to fly, say, from Dubai to Doha, you'd have to take a flight of over seven hours because there'd be a stop in a non-blockade country like Turkey, Oman or Jordan. The end result of the blockade blockade being lifted will allow these routes and many others to return to being just about an hour long. Um, And in fact, on January the 7th, we saw the flag carrier of Qatar traveling through Saudi Arabian airspace for the first time since June 2017. This was flight QR1365 from Doha to Johannesburg. Um, And from January the 11th onwards, um, which is the day we're recording the podcast, actually, the airline is going to be adding back flights to other destinations in the Middle East, um, including Riyadh, Jeddah and Daman from its hub in Doha. And in fact, as we record this, the first flight to land in Saudi Arabia with Qatar Airways has taken place. I think, Tom, you've got a bit of an update on that.
0: Yeah. So, um, it was quite interesting today because the flight was operated by A7ANP, which is a one-year-old A350-1000, and now Qatar has um, a, his- it's got a habit of using the A350 for special flights. So, uh, when it became the first airline to touch down on the new runway at Berlin-Brandenburg Airport, it sent a uh, A350, even though the route is usually operated by a 787. Ah. Now, this route is going to be operated by a 777, according to scheduled data from flightradar24.com. Right. But Of course, they chose the A350 for the first one.
1: It must be their favourite. That's all I can conclude from that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I can tell you it's definitely not the A380. No,
1: and uh, as far as we know, Qatar Airways, um, despite it being a relatively short flight time, it will be flying all wide-body service to Saudi Arabia. So, Mm. it will be the Boeing 777, the 7878, and probably the Airbus A350s as well. Um, It's not uncommon for Qatar Airways to fly wide-bodies on short-haul routes. So, as an example, Mm. Doha to Q8, that route clocks in at around 90 minutes, and that usually sees the Airbus A350 on it. So, great news for Qatar and uh, another move forward in the Middle East diplomatic relations. And I think this this is yeah. one of the positives of the Trump legacy, um, one of the few, <laughs> because uh, he he has been instrumental in kind of sorting things out in that part of the world. So, you know, uh, it's a shame there's going to be so much focus on what he didn't do well because this is something that's uh, been a long time. Kind
0: Meng. Yeah, and I mean... So, I just touched on the Airbus aircraft that Qatar is flying there, but I sort of wanted to now go more in depth into Airbus and 2020 because one of the best things about New Year is that you get to learn how many aircraft each airline, uh, each manufacturer actually delivered. So, for Airbus, the number clocks in at 566 aircraft and they went to 87 different customers as far as the commercial side of the business is concerned. So, that's not Including stuff like the A400M. um, We just don't focus on that so much as a site. So, while the number is fairly impressive, I mean, like to me, 500 um, sounds, 566 sounds insane given the year that we've had. Yeah, definitely. It's still a huge drop from what we saw in 2019. So, in 2019, Airbus delivered a staggering 863 aircraft which means that deliveries this year fell by 34% year-on-year to the lowest figures seen since 2011 by the manufacturer. So, as you know that I love to have fun on my Friday nights, Um, (laughs) last Friday night, I spent three or four hours just going through all of the numbers on Airbus's order spreadsheet for the year, Um, because after all, what what else are you meant to do in lockdown? (laughs)
1: Um, Let me think. Drink, play board (laughs) games, mostly drink, but I'm sure you could have a couple of beers while you were checking the order spreadsheet, so I won't criticise you too much, Tom. Perhaps
0: so Joe, do you have any idea which airline took the most aircraft from Airbus in 2020?
1: I would have to say maybe Wizz because I know they haven't stopped their deliveries. That, that would be my that, guess.
0: No, actually Wizz came in about 4th uh, or 5th place um, if you include the Wizz air um aircraft that went to Abu Dhabi, but actually it was Indigo that came top of the pack. Oh. They took a total of 44 aircraft during the year, so 24 A320 NEOs and 20 A321 NEOs. And then in second place was Delta. And what I love about Delta is just this sheer variety of aircraft that they took from Airbus. So. In total they got thirty aircraft, ten were A two hundred twenty one hundreds, five were A two twenty three hundreds, nine were A three twenty one COs, so with the classic old engines, mm-hmm. um, because apparently Airbus is still making them. Yep,
1: <laughs> um, it's not done. Surprisingly.
0: Yet. <laughs> um four A three thirty nine hundreds and two A three fifty nine hundreds. Wow. And in third place was China Southern, who took a total of twenty two aircraft, with two being A three fifties and the remainder from the a320 family.
1: That's really impressive. And uh, mm. it's great to see Indigo still taking them, despite the fact, you know, Indian aviation has been one of the most heavily restricted throughout the pandemic. I mean, and, you know, even though yeah, they've now been heavily
0: restricted, but when you look at the recovery on sort of domestic flights, they're doing quite well in India. Uh, obviously, the international stuff is still heavily suffering because technically it's still banned, even yeah. though. Pretty much everyone operates international flights in and out of <laughs> India now by the seams of it.
1: Yeah, true. And I guess Indigo is uh, really domestic focused. So, yeah, yeah good on them. And uh, they are Although, Airbus's biggest NEO customer, are they not?
0: Yeah, I think they are. But what actually, just chatting about in, uh, Indian aviation, your favourite, Vistara, I was very pleased to hear that they are going to be coming to Frankfurt from February 18th. That's so exciting. That's, That's a nice new toy that I can go out and photograph.
1: (laughs) Shame you can't get a tour. I guess it's all very restricted at the present time with the lockdowns and everything. But maybe in time you can do us a bit of a trip review off to uh, wherever they fly to. Where do they fly from Frankfurt? Um
0: it would be Delhi initially. They I, Maybe they add another one because I know Heathrow now has Mumbai and Delhi, but nice. just for Frankfurt at the moment, it's going to be Delhi. But what I find really interesting is that they're competing against Lufthansa and Air India on this flight. Right. Um, so Vistar is operating four times a week and the others are not operating daily, but operating several times a week. But of the free carriers whenever their flights leave delhi they all leave within 5 minutes of each other so oh, wow. <laughs> although you've got you've got the extra choice of an additional carrier but in terms of time it makes no difference who you take
1: right that's really weird isn't it and i wonder what their yeah. load factors will be like as a result hmm. it'll be interesting to see
0: Yeah. uh, Well, watch the space. (laughs) Yeah, as
1: per. (laughs) Thanks for the Airbus update, Tom. That's really good. No worries. Another big Airbus operator, the one I just mentioned, in fact, was uh, Wizz Air. And uh, at last, Wizz Air Abu Dhabi is finally ready to take flight. So they've actually got their inaugural service scheduled to fly to Athens this Friday. And, uh, you know, we we know that Wizz offers some very competitive fares throughout Europe and flying around the European continent, you can often get a flight for under $30, maybe even less if you're a member of its discount club. Um, So, we expected to see some really good fares from the new airline, Wizz Air Abu Dhabi, but we didn't Mm. expect them to be quite this good. (laughs) so I know. I
0: I must admit, when I was looking this morning, I had to double check and I almost (laughs) bought one just to see whether it was uh, real. (laughs) could actually do it. But I thought, you know, I don't want to take away the opportunity from somebody who genuinely wants to fly on the route.
1: No, absolutely. So, it's kind of part of a celebration of the launch of the airline and it's also to help stimulate demand from Abu Dhabi but Wiz Mm -hmm. has seats on sale for just one UAE dirham, and that is about 27 cents (laughs) and these aren't short flights either, it's not like you're going on a 30 minute hop, these flights these fares are on flights to and from both Athens and Thessaloniki so it's around 6 hours in the sky for less than the cost of a packet of crisps which is just Mm. insane really, Um, but it is very limited. This is an ultra low fare, and it's available on 2,021 tickets in honor of the year that we're in. Mm. Um, they went out on sale yesterday, so to be honest, by the time this podcast goes out, they're likely to be sold out. Um, I,
0: yeah, I did have a look this afternoon, and I think somebody mentioned that they'd already sold out around lunchtime. So
1: I think the inaugural don't know if we sold out, that. but I think there are yeah. still some dates maybe in, into February for Thessaloniki. Mm. Um, but anyway, I expect by the time you hear this podcast they will be sold out. But it's still great to see Wizz Air Abu Dhabi launching at last. You know, it's, mm. it was supposed to be going by the end of the summer, but they've pushed the launch date back and back due to the difficulties of operating during the pandemic. But it will definitely fly this week, which is great news. And as well Woo. as um, Athens and Thessaloniki, they've got plans to add other destinations over the coming months. Um, yeah. So far, we've heard that they're flying to Alexandria, Kutas- Kutaisi, Larnaca, Odessa, and Yerevan. Sorry for the uh, pronunciations there. Um, And at the beginning of the the new year, so literally, I I think it was either on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, they added another two aircraft to the Abu Dhabi fleet. So they've now Mm. got a total of four A321 NEOs down there. Um, But we know that Um, Wizz Air chief executive Joseph Varadi's got big plans for this airline. Um, You know, Mm. he's previously said he envisages the airline ramping up to a fleet of 100 aircraft or more over the next 15 years. So it will be really exciting to see how they grow and and how the demand is out of Abu Dhabi, particularly with the competition Mm. from Air Arabia Abu Dhabi, which also launched this year. So uh, best of luck to Wizz.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what I noticed just then that you said you could buy the fare for less than a packet of crisps. But uh, <laughs> given how much airlines sell packets of crisps for these days, how many fares do you reckon you could buy for a Wizz Air packet of crisps?
1: <laughs> yeah, you could probably fly your whole family and your granny, couldn't you? But there we go.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, while we're on the topic of packets of crisps, I wanted to wrap up the show briefly by talking about my favourite British airline, because I know our listeners will have really missed hearing me going on and on and on about (laughs) British Airways over the past two weeks of specials. So, this week, we were very excited to learn that the British flag carrier has revealed its new catering range for short-haul flights in economy, what it likes to call Traveller. And as you may remember, the airline ended its partnership with Marks & Spencers as the contract drew to a close. So, it wasn't them saying, we don't want to work with you anymore. It was just a case that the contract came to the end and they both decided, let's go separate ways. It's not um, me, it's you. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs>
0: oh, no, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's not you, it's me. Um, so... I mean there'd been talks that the airline would partner with either Waitrose and Greggs and I had my fingers crossed it would be Greggs yeah, because
1: definitely just a sausage, sausage roll rolls or, <laughs> between yeah. here and Paris would be wonderful. Yeah,
0: you know like or um the one with um the little sausage and uh, baked beans and cheese just Oh yes, the breakfast slice yummy.
1: If you if you're listening in the, in the US and you don't know Greggs <laughs> you have to try it next time you come to the UK. It's fabulous.
0: Yeah, for sure. But um sadly <laughs> It wasn't Greg's and it also wasn't Waitrose, although I'm not so hung up about that. Instead, the airline partnered with the Michelin chef, Tom Kerridge, and we may remember him. He worked on some of the items for the centenary menu that they had back in 2019. Can you believe it's already? It's the second year since they turned 100 now? Wow, that's gone by quick. Yeah, I, I can't believe it either. But um, the new menu is going to be called Speedbird Cafe, and they're kind of taking a new... A new approach with this menu so before you had like the buy on board system and quite often if you were sat at the back of the plane and you wanted a ham and cheese toasty, you'd probably be out of luck and i know from several press t- trips on british airways that this has happened where there was one time when i took the last toasty and there was another journalist in the back who missed out on that because of me oh no so um <laughs> thankfully we're going to completely avoid that problem now because passengers have to pre-purchase food and drinks uh from the high life shopping website up to 12 hours before the flight it depends if you're organized then it's going to be a great system because you know your stomach's not going to be left rumbling if if you ask for something it should be there but the um The other added bonus is they're not loading the weight of food that's not getting sold. So, it's not going to be a huge amount, but there'd be a minute carbon off um, footprint saving, I guess, there. And there's also, you're not going to have the problem of wasted food if, like, say, a sandwich isn't bought.
1: Mm, Fair enough.
0: So, I mean, I think overall, it's a good thing, although it's really not going to be great for those people who spontaneously think, hmm, I'm getting a bit hungry.
1: Yeah. Will there be it's, an alternative offering for those who haven't booked but decide they're starving?
0: There will, but you'll have to wait and see because I'm about to talk about that <laughs> after I tell you ah. all about the menu that we know so far. Oh, please
1: do, because I um, love Tom Kerridge and I'd love to try his food at 30,000 feet. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, so, so far we've heard about five items from the menu and I'm going to tell you them actually and ask you to guess how much you think each one's going to be just for a bit of fun. OK. So, <laughs> we'll first up, we have the ham hock and smoked cheddar sandwich.
1: That sounds delicious. Uh, I'd, I'd pay five British pounds for that.
0: So, that's £4.10 or $5.56 uh, oh, uh, in equivalent. Bargain. So, the spiced cauliflower tortilla wrap.
1: That sounds awful. Um, my husband did like it, though. I guess that's probably about the same, maybe £4.00.
0: Four pound twenty.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Uh we've got the chicken and bacon baguette.
1: Um maybe a little more, I'd say about six pounds.
0: Four pounds fifty.
1: Oh, bargain.
0: <laughs> the Brie ploughman's sandwich. That's gotta be the same, about four pound fifty. So that's uh, actually four twenty again. Okay. And last but not least, we've got his steak and ale pie. That's the one I want. I love a
1: steak and ale pie. I, I would definitely pay five to six pounds for Tom Carriages steak and ale pie.
0: So again, it's four pound fifty. Wow. So everything under five pound. That's but, really good. Um, you know, I remember the steak and ale pie because it was on the centenary menu and I bought it on the London to Frankfurt flight once. And I remember it because I was eating it off of my lap as the plane was on approach because the tray tables had to be up and it had just taken them so long to cook it oh and gosh. get it to me. But, you know, Hopefully they've refined don't...
1: that process a little bit then.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if, if with the um, buy before you fly system, you know, like straight away, they'll put it in the oven as soon as they can because they already know you want it. true. Than waiting until they've got to the back of the plane. Um, But, you know, like, I don't remember loving this steak and ale pie, but I was chatting to our buddy Reese over at Head for Points, and he pointed out that it's won awards. So, um, I would give it another go. So, it's not just the food. You may remember from the centenary as well, uh, BA worked with Brewdog to um, create a special beer for Onboard. Oh, yeah. It was called Speedbird 100. I
1: remember. Well,
0: Clearly, that was successful because they've entered a new partnership for a new brew called Jetstream. Mm.
1: Um,
0: So, just sort of wrapping this up, the one thing that you asked, which is, what if you haven't bought on board? Well, over the summer, we saw that uh, British Airways scrapped its buy-on-board menu and instead was giving everyone a bottle of water and a small snack, like maybe a packet of crisps or some pretzels, you know? Okay. There's really good news because this is here to stay, All even right. with the new menu. So, everyone on a short haul flight with British Airways will get a bottle of water and a snack, regardless of um, if they buy more food or not, which I guess is great in a way because, what, it, it, you know, like either. If you're going to be really hungry, you've probably bought food. If not, you've got something in reserve. And it's just like a nice, you know, it's like nice it's touch. important to keep hydrated when yeah, you're flying.
1: Absolutely. You don't get much for free on short haul flights these days. Yeah. So it's, and uh, you know,
0: view. what the one thing I found really, really funny, you know, is that when BA originally got rid of, uh, introduced Buy On Board and got rid of its free snack, Everyone was like, oh, no, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And Lufthansa was still there with its free half a sandwich with weird pickles inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but actually, this comes at a time where Lufthansa is now moving to buy on board and getting rid of their free snacks. Oh, so okay. it's kind of like <laughs> the, 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 the tables have flipped here. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I'll definitely be looking forward to my next British Airways flight and trying some, Mm. uh, you know, Michelin-starred food for under a fiver. That's got to be a winner, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm going to try the steak and ale pie next time I fly, but... I'm open to the other stuff as well.
1: (laughs) Give us one of each so we can uh, taste test it for Simple Flying. eh?
0: I'll write it off as an expense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Oh, well, that's great. Thanks for that update, Tom. And I think that's about it for today's podcast. We do hope our audience enjoyed it. And as usual, we welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com.
0: For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying.
1: If you enjoyed our podcast, please do leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye.